Welcome to Two Guys, A Girl, and the Podcast. We're talking Doctor Who. We're talking uh, David Tennant episode called 42, the shortest title in Doctor Who history. I am Ken. Jeff. Julie. <laughs> Whoa, I got stereo version on that Julie one. <laughs> Should we try that again? No, it's fine. Okay. We have two girls with us this time. Yes. Two, two girls, two good. Wait. Welcome to. The, I forgot the name it of the podcast again. Two guys, two girls, <laughs> and a podcast. Two podcasts. Um, so, before we get into this 2001 story called 42, I guess the first thing we need to talk about is. And I don't know when you this is. You mean 2007 gonna, story? Oh, maybe. You're not 2001. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I have bad writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we can talk about um, Doctor Who news. And by the time you guys listen to this podcast, um, yeah. and, and maybe I'll bump this ahead a little bit, but uh, the specials are kind of almost here, right? There's going to be three of them. Yes. Over the yeah, course 20, of the twenty fifth of November. Is the first one. Yeah. yeah. 25th yeah. of November. December and then 2nd. December 2nd and 9th. Okay. And then the Christmas special. Yay. Which, yeah. <clears throat> so it's exciting. Right, first off, is anyone excited about this? Oh my God, you have no idea. <laughs> okay. The more, like- they, the more they spoil it, the less excited I get. I mean, I'm getting tired of getting dribs and drabs. Just, ooh, here's a picture of a bell. Ooh, here's a picture from, you know, a file. Yeah, just, here's a picture just, of a door. Yeah, they're just pictures, though. I know, but it's it's starting to get to me. I mean, it's damp- starting to dampen my enthusiasm. I just kind of want them to get on with it already. I actually don't mind it because the last showrunner who wrote this episode didn't really give us much to get excited for the episodes in the first place. I mean, we got lots and lots of publicity for these three specials and for a season that's in the can and another season that did just started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty big news. And I think that's the first time that's ever happened. They're actually already recording the second season. Oh, by the way, this is season one. Right? They rebranded it. Yeah, the they thing. rebranded yes. it as season one. So they're, which is re- ridiculous. What? Why? Oh, you didn't hear that? They're calling it the Hooven, Who, the Hooniverse, Eric. Yeah. Hooniverse, and it's season one. Don't ask me why. I think it's stupid, but but I've I lost just, track of where we are on seasons, anyways. Plus, they did this already when they brought the new show back. They called it series one or whatever, and so I know well, that kind of made sense when they yeah. brought it back. This isn't really bringing it back. It's just bringing yeah. RTD back. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't don't care. I just want to see the episodes. It could be season 92 for all I care. I just want to see it. The numbering doesn't, doesn't, I don't care. So Julia, Julia, are you um, Chris Chibnall excited or like Russell T. Davis excited? No, no, I'm like officially like Russell T. Davis excited. I, I, the, the clips that I've seen look amazing. I'm so excited to see 
David Tennant again, even though he looks so much older. Um, and Catherine Tate playing Donna Noble. I mean, I just, I just want to see these people again because I miss them and I miss the quality of the show yeah. that it was back mm. then. You know, and I'm hoping that it's going to be the same. I mean, he he definitely. I, there were definitely episodes of his that I didn't care for, but um, compared to Chris Chibnall or even even Stephen Moffat, you know, I just I like his era the best. Well, I agree, and I think you you know I was just thinking about this, and there's more good out of Russell T Davis than not, and then it since Moffat and definitely Chibnall it got worse, mm-hmm. and I, I'm gonna say this right now that if he can keep it on par with um how he did it in the in the first place uh i'm not gonna say anything bad about him at all and i'm gonna like all his episodes oh wait um maybe not gonna say really (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping that i like more of them and and i hope i don't have to complain as much for everyone's sake yeah right You'll complain. Oh, we're no still matter gonna be, what. Yeah, but we're still going to be doing these these um, episodes like um, "Good Man Goes to War" and stuff like that. So I still have a uh, lot. To yeah, there's a lot of Matt Smith <clears throat> ones coming up that are just garbage. So, season one coming out, or and this is not season one that's coming out. Season one that's coming out is. Uh, with Shudigawa, which is not until the spring, I guess. I don't know if the Christmas special is part of that. I think that's I what think all of this is part of it. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. The, the reason they're doing the second season, they're shooting it so quickly, is because he's still doing, what is it, Sex Education, the show that he's in? I thought you yeah. stopped that. I thought that was the final season. Well, maybe. I don't know. They said there was something he was shooting that was interfering, and that's why they did it so quickly. I thought I really wanted to get back to theater or something, but I definitely could be wrong about that. Oh, maybe. Well, he's already doing the second season, so whatever. Well, if he's doing a play, and if it starts at a certain point, then that's probably why they're doing it. Well, or at least. I just don't. If this is the case, if he's that busy, he's not going to be the doctor for a long time. He'll probably do one more season. That'll probably be it. I thought he said he was just going to stick around for two seasons. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Heard, I don't remember. It was very disappointing to me because David Tennant snuck onto the set and said that he was magnificent as the Doctor. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him as the Doctor. Well, and if it's only for two seasons, I'll I'll take what I can get, but I'll be disappointed. Is this going to be one of those situations where didn't this happen with um, Christopher Eccleston, where we found out that Christopher Eccleston left the show before we even watched the show? Was that did that happen? Did he like they announced that Chris Chibnall was or uh, Chris Rackleson was done with the show, and we hadn't even watched the first episode yet. No, that didn't happen. Uh, I don't think it was like that. It was close. It was, it was, close. A, it was pretty early. Midway but... through the season. Yeah. Because okay. he had a, that's when the falling out started. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I think I'm looking forward to it more than, than recently because I think Russell T. Davis knows how to run a show, and I think he's doing better with the publicity. I'm not going to say that they the shows look better because we don't know that yet. But well, 
they look better. I think there's more money put into the special effects. There seems to be more energy, <clears throat> maybe. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're any good or not, you know, I'll let you guys know after we watch the first episode. But, um, be interesting. So, um, we have other Doctor Who news, but we can potentially save that for other things. For the next recording? Maybe, even though we're not going to be showing, you know, posting those recordings until probably after they already the news happens but or we could just fast track them well i don't want to do that either because then we have to get watch more garbage to to record we could watch a good episode i'm just saying we did 42 (laughs) okay um what have you guys been Experiencing, watching, reading, anything of note, not, let's not go too long with it, Jeff. Let's just kind of come up with something pretty short. Uh, I started Robin of Sherwood. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's on BritBox. Yeah, it's on BritBox. Mm-hmm. There's so much good stuff on BritBox, I just don't have the time to watch it all. So... Um, I have been reading novelizations. I just read Marco Polo. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I've been watching this weird show on Netflix called Bodies. I heard about that. Me too. It's set in four different eras from like 1890 and then 1940-something and then relatively current like 2018 2019 and then 2050 i think and and there's four detectives one in each era and they all find the same body in the same alley it's very confusing i can't explain it beyond that i'm on episode i just finished episode three last night and i'm like i don't know what's going on here (laughs) but i'm gonna keep watching it because it's it's wild, and Stephen Graham is one of the lead actors, and I I have liked him in pretty much everything. He plays a bad guy pretty well, and I'm pretty sure he's not a good guy in this one. <laughs> yeah, that's been sort of potentially on my list. So I might I might seek that out. It's confusing. I'm going to say that right off the bat. It's it's confusing. I do like confusing so. That's why I like. Well, that's why I like Stephen Moffat's era so much. No, sorry. Um, I I've, I've been I haven't finished it yet, but I'm watching The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh. Also, also on Netflix. Is Mark Hamill in that? Yes. Okay. Excellent. He is really. It's directed by Mike Flanagan. He has done The Haunting of Hill House, The Midnight Club, uh, Midnight Mass. These series on Netflix are amazing. They're scary. I mean, for me to say that something scary, uh, creepy, and and this is each episode is based on a Edgar Allan Poe story. So you know they have the um, <clears throat> Telltale Heart, and then you know some other ones or whatever. So pretty neat. 
Anything else, or should we move into this? Moving. Moving. So Graham Harper directed 42. And who is the writer? Chris Chindle. <gasps> and it all went downhill from here for him. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, when I saw Chris Chindle wrote this, I said, oh, I'm already bringing this down a notch. I did the same thing. I went, oh, because I started to watch it like Monday and I went, oh no, this is a chimnal episode. And I shut it off. And then I went back to it last night and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's not bad. Well, don't forget the writers that came in before they show run, did the show running were actually pretty good. Stephen Moffat, obviously, mm -hmm. some of the best. And then yeah. when he took over, he didn't do as good. And Chris Chibnall, obviously. So what's the story about? This is, I, I hate to say this, but I don't think I've ever said this in the last three years. This is an exciting story by Chris Chibnall. It is. It's a base yeah. of siege episode. Mm -hmm. And they land on this spaceship that's falling into the sun. Yeah. And try to, and they've got 42 minutes, hence the title. Um, and we've got 42 minutes to keep it from falling into the sun. And it was very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really I, was. They, they kept the tension going throughout the whole episode, which I was impressed by. Yeah. Especially with the villain when he keeps saying, burn with me. I yeah. Was... People keep getting possessed by something that it takes them a while to figure out and turning into killing machines, basically. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think the whole using the berm with me made me think of the Daleks and Cybermen. You notice that one phrase you repeat over and over, and that and that makes it scarier. I think it did make it scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the director is Graham Harper, and I think he's a pretty good director. He's done some really good stuff with Doctor Who, so I think that helped. Um, but Chris Chibnall certainly wrote a good story, I think, because it's very simple. Chris Chibnall's always been simple, even when he took over for the show. But sometimes he was almost too simple. And then when he tried to get complicated, he, he couldn't. It didn't work. Uh, yeah. It turns into a Bash Christian Dole, um podcast no matter what we do. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the look of the story. Um, I think they tried to, it kind of took place at the same time as um, Impossible Planet and uh, Satan Pit. Same era of space travel. They even used the same space suit, mm -hmm. um, which I like. I like that look a lot of good lighting in this one good sets you know very claustrophobic and also i guess they filmed it in a place that was really cold but they made it look like it was hot yes they looked like they were dying yes um familiar face vignette robinson who was an actress who played one of the women that gets killed, one of the first, I think the first, the doctor, I think. She was Rosa Parks in the episode that of um, the Jodie Whittaker era. Mm -hmm. Oh. I knew she looks familiar. Um, this story I also remember liking a lot. It came out, like you said, in 2007, the same year that a movie called Sunshine came out, which I really, really like. And a very familiar, very similar. 
um, sunshine has to do with traveling a ship traveling to the sun. And they actually changed a couple of things while they were filming it because they knew that sunshine was coming out or something. So I think that they were going to call it that movie directed by David Bowie's kid. Uh, it's um, who's David Bowie's kid? Is that his name? I don't know what his kid's name is. You're the Bowie freak. You should know. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, Danny Boyle is. I don't think that's David Bowie. No, that's not David no. Bowie. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, something of something else. No big deal. Danny Boyle, um, Alex Garland also did the screen. Um, Danny Boyle did Train Spotting, Some Dog Millionaire, Twenty Eight Days Later, Hundred Twenty Seven Hours. So it, he's pretty good director. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good uh, episode, and I think or movie, and I think this. Just reminded me of it, or maybe I saw this one first, and then I saw Show Sign. I'm not sure. I think it, they came out around the same time, believe it or not. So, um, <clears throat> oh, you know what? I forgot to watch. They had a prologue to this. They called it 42 Prologue, I guess. It was something that sort of like was a mini episode before they showed this episode. Do you remember that? No, no. I didn't see it, but I read about it. Yeah, I read about. It. I forgot to watch. I think I might have seen it years ago, but. I forgot to look it up to see if it was out there, but oops. But you know, the tension. What a what a good uh, the mummy episode is like this one now. The mummy on the Orient Express or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is very similar because they set a time a clock right at the beginning of the episode. Right. And Mash did this in an episode where they actually had they had to do perform a surgery within a certain period of time, and they put a clock right up on the screen for people to watch. That's pretty cool. It's very easy, yes. simple, but you you are putting the audience already on edge because you're telling them that they have to get this done. And they're in this episode. They're they're running. There's a lot of running around. They're running from one side of the spaceship to the other. Um, yeah, well, to accomplish an awful lot in 42 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they gave stuff for all the compa- all the c- characters to do. You know, two of them had to to go through to this area and they had to use passwords which yeah they had to answer trivia questions pub questions was, yeah yeah i i, I thought I that thought was, that was funny i thought, no, I was thought it was funny but, <laughs> yeah, i know but i think i liked it when i first saw it but because now it's chibnall i know i don't like it anymore but um <laughs> but you know the whole scene where martha gets separated because this is not her first story but mm-hmm. it's kind of her first time that she's really an official companion because she gets the key and all that garbage. But she gets to contact her mother, who's I, – I don't like her mother. Oh, I hate her mother. <laughs> I don't like the character, but I like the actress very much. She was oh, yeah. Martha's, Martha's mother is yeah. mean. She is, like, up there with worst mother of the year. Yes. Yeah, yeah but the, the actress is in her right 20s. Now. Let her live her life. It's like she's like nagging, nagging, nagging. Oh, God, can you imagine? No wonder her husband left her. (laughs) (laughs) But now we find out in this episode that, you know, she has, she's being used by um, Saxon. Saxon's group, which um, reminds us that there's bad episodes coming up. I mean, that um, other episodes are coming up, but. It's foreshadowing. 
I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like foreshadowing. Uh, so I love that when Martha and the doctor get separated by the dock, uh, again, she's slowly moving away from him and they can't hear each other. And it's just, well, the whole thing is well paced. And then with that, it adds more tension because now Martha is drifting toward the sun and the doctor now has to run out of the spaceship to pull mm -hmm. a lever. There's a lot of these little MacGuffins where it's like, you got to mm -hmm. do this, but you have to answer a trivia question. You got to go do this, but then you got radiation. I um, wanted to like it when the doctor and Martha were looking at each other through the, the portals or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But I just felt kind of being that they were trying to manipulate me as opposed to me really feeling anything. Yeah. It, it could be just me. No, I it, with you, I, I did not like that part either. Okay. Well, with the, the, the music was a little too corny and it was kind of like, no. Yeah. 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 I just felt they wanted me to feel something that I wasn't feeling and it was just felt very forced to me. Um, I also wanted to point out that Martha had her almost religious faith in Dr. Shown again while she was in the pod. Like, oh, he's going to save me. Definitely going to save me. Um, and that kind of foreshadows later on the whole clap if you love, love the doctor thing later on. Yeah, and I didn't like that. Um, and I feel like this is one of the flaws of Martha. I think you guys are pointing it out a little bit where she starts off as a strong character and within a very short period of time has this like, oh, he'll love me and he's giving me a key to my, you know, it, it just felt like she was getting really needy in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I don't recall, what was the previous one? Was it... Um, Lazarus experience experiment. Yeah, I don't recall her being this needy in that one. And the next episode, she's not. She she does a really good job because it's mm -hmm. it's it's oh, the, it's the uh, scarecrow uh, ones there. Human nature. Family yeah. of blood human, one. Yeah, human nature. yeah, those were she's, good. Those, yeah. those are really very good. But she's kind of needy in this one, and and um, so I, maybe maybe I get what you're talking about. How it just felt a little forced and. Yeah, it seems to go against like who she is as a person too. Because when you initially see her, she's a very strong person. You know, she's a freaking doctor, and you don't become yeah. a doctor if you're like a weak-spined little, you know, timid person. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she's obviously got smarts, and she she's fed up with her family, and you know, she wants to live her own life. And, like, I get that her family can, like, have this effect on her and annoy her and make her feel ineffectual. But I don't understand why the doctor makes her feel like that. But, I mean, I know she's got feelings for him. But well, just... when you look at Rose and the doctor, the, their relationship developed more organically. Even in End of the World, which was the, um, the second episode with rose in it she's not it doesn't feel to me that rose is sitting there going the doctor's going to save me she's just kind of in danger and the doctor saves her then right. the doctor saves her again again and again then she develops this sort of cockiness of like the doctor's going to save me whereas martha's like right out of the gate she's like like you say annie and, and it just felt like it either copied rose too much or was too similar to rose 
No, I think it made more sense for for Rose to have been a person who felt like that because Rose was nineteen. Yes, mm-hmm. and Martha's mm-hmm. probably in her late twenties. Mm-hmm. And you would think at that point she would have more experience with men. Yeah, that's the problem that Russell did during his tenure. He made more or less Martha kind of like Rose when he should have had Martha be someone completely different. Yes. Which yeah. he didn't do until he gave us Donna. But he should have, right off the bat, gave us a different type of companion, different than Rose, but it was almost the same. And that's why every time Rose is mentioned or whatever, Martha looks like, oh, it, it, I just hate, I hate that. It's a weakness of mm-hmm. character. Again, good actress. A lot of people like Martha, and I've had arguments because I, I just, because of that writing, I just can't. I don't like her. She's not my, you know, I, I like probably all the other, she's my, my least favorite companion. I hate to say it of, of that Russell T Davis era because of that. I liked her more in Torchwood because she yeah. wasn't in love with the doctor. Then she was more of her own person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Same. Um, I think the tension in this episode is excellent. I thought the mm-hmm. music was really added to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess Murray Gold's coming back to the fold. So all these episodes that we're, we're reviewing from that era, from the Russell T. Davis and, and even Stephen Moffat, there's some excellent music. There's recognizable music. Like mm-hmm. the music that's played in this is that is this is the um i don't know what it's called it's the music that we're hearing throughout this whole season we're going to hear it when the master opens up the watch and it's like that that you know that music that you recognize it right away and you go oh my god and it, they use it over and over again not too much but they use it enough and it's like this building action music and it's it's like oh my god and these every season they sort of have these music cues Mm-hmm. And maybe they they go from season to season sometimes, and then with the Moffat era, there was a few that were played in them. The, the other episodes we reviewed, and you recognize them. I can't recognize any music cues from the last bunch of years with whoever is doing the music now. It's just not identifiable. It's not catchy, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but no, I definitely noticed the music more in in these episodes you know in the davies and uh, moffat episodes than i have in in chibnall's yeah. it's it's used more effectively even the incidental music is used more effectively and it's yeah. it, sometimes there have been some times where i'm like i can't hear what they're saying because the music is so loud but yeah. <laughs> but those are few and far between and and Overall, the the music usage is much better. Yeah, That's why Mar- I watch it with captions because that helps me hear the yeah. dialogue <laughs> even without if the music's too loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always I've complained about Murray Gold's music being too loud, and that goes throughout most of his. But um, but I think the music is like like Martha has a theme. Yeah, and and when she's mm-hmm. talking to her family, we hear that identifiable theme. And every time that Martha's kind of it's an important moment for her, she has a theme. Rose has a theme. Mm-hmm. The doctor has a theme. The master has a theme. You know, 
and, and maybe some situations have the whole with the watch and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Those are just amazing. And they're just really well done. Probably the best music in Doctor Who history because classic Doctor Who had some good music, but um, not always. So, no, they didn't. Yeah. Um, the music was of its time. Yeah. 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 But I can't even remember anything from the Chris Chibnall era music. Not, I'm not you trying to c- I couldn't even tell what Jody's Doctor's theme was. Is, is there a theme? Does she even have a theme? I don't, I don't remember. I think she'd have to have a theme. She must. I know the three, but it's not you know, Tennant Smith and Capaldi's theme. I mean, I couldn't tell you what they are. I yeah. couldn't tell you what her theme was. Well, I, I mean, it's just that I recognize the mu- music from this era, anyways, especially early Russell T. Davis, um, because I think they did a, such a great job with it. My fa- one of my favorite music is when um, the face of Bo dies. There's that haunting music, and it's just so well done. And it's not action-packed, and it's like, I remember kind of listening to that over and over again and just liking that music, and now it's just, eh. (laughs) Anyways, um, I guess this episode is off by a couple of minutes. I guess the 42, someone said that it's, just just short of two minutes it there's a it's not exactly 42 minutes or whatever it's with the start and end credits and everything it's off by a little bit but overall mm-hmm. they they try to keep it pretty close um one trouble is- i have with it is the whole premise of a son being alive i'm having a hard time seeing how that could actually work i don't usually quibble with the science in doctor who and I'm definitely not a sun expert, but just based on rudimentary knowledge, it seems a little strange that a sun could be alive. So let me ask you, which is more out there, a sun being alive or the moon turning into an egg and hatching a, 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 a giant creature? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I think I blocked out the I think egg. I believe the sun being alive more than that stupid egg. Yeah, I do too. But I, I'm just I, saying, like, from a, it, that's only one thing that just yeah. stuck out to me. Like, how could this really be happening? But it, I, the the tension was so good in the episode, I didn't focus on that. I was so that, caught up in what they were doing, everything that was really beside the point. But it is just something yeah. I did think of when I was watching it. Well, I think I think you you made a good point. If the if the episode does a lot of stuff good, sometimes you can the story. You don't have to. It doesn't. You have to worry about it as much. Russell T. Davis was excellent with that. He had some horrible stories. But he did really good around them that he disguised the fact. And that's one of my arguments was I, I didn't like when some of his stories weren't that good. But, well, he did really good with everything else. So you kind of give it a pass. I, I could see, like, not every son being alive. But I can imagine some creatures or something. I, I didn't take it that the sun was alive. I took it that there were life forms within the sun. It reminded me of Planet of Evil, which very similar where they're on a planet and they're they're taking pieces of it yeah, off yeah. of the planet and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't want them to do that it wants them to go back and and it reminded me of that a little bit i could see that what was wasn't there another episode like that too where they took oh well, i'm remembering space 1999 there was an episode where they took pieces of a rock and they didn't. The Rock didn't want that. And it's kind of dumb, but um, 
but yeah, I, I could see where the science is a little out there, but. But that didn't really distract from the episode again for me. It was just something I thought of. But again, this the story was just so good, which is odd to say, um, that it really didn't detract from the story too much for me. And this episode, I remember liking quite a bit, but it gets lost in the shuffle because it is it's in a sur- season. Yeah, it's surrounded by a couple. Well, the next one. Yeah. 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 Not, not the previous. <laughs> no, yeah. not the previous, but. Actually, this kind of kicks off the good parts of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, well, there is Blink. I guess you can't ignore that. But um, these aren't in any order. Blink is after this, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at a list here, and they were out of order, so now I'm confused. But, yeah, you have human nature coming up, and then... Um, family of blood, then blink, then utopia, then your 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 favorite too, the sounds yeah. of drums and the last of the time lords. Mm. Anyways, let's focus on the good. Yeah, so pretty good episode. Anything else we want to talk about this one? Uh, I think we covered it. It's pretty simple. I don't think there's. Yeah, no, it's a very simple story, but it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not everything needs to be complicated. Right. No, it doesn't. Told out the Moffat. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, if there's nothing else, we'll move on. And um, thanks for listening. Bye.